When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to this very special and I think fun episode of TFL Talking Cars because today we're going all electric, Tommy. That's right, but we are going all electric on a budget. What are we talking about? We're talking about the top 10 electric car bargains and we're not talking about new ones because they're expensive we're talking about the ones that started out as like california compliance cars and now have kind of spread their way into the rest of the country so if you're looking for an electric car perhaps as your second car or perhaps as a car to use as a commuter to work these are good choices and the great thing about them tommy is they're bargains sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving tfl talking cars is on the air the world's most popular car podcast Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. You know what I call these cars? What do you call them? Dinky EVs. <laughs> so not compliance cars, dinky. Why dinky EVs? Because they're dinky. Because most people look at them and they just write them off for being useless and you know old and uh, they don't go far enough. But these are actually some truly brilliant cars that can be had for, in some cases, well under $10,000. Now, here's my theory, right? A lot of households in the U.S. have multiple cars yeah you know two sometimes even three cars may not be uncommon yeah now as an everyday car the vehicles on this list are probably okay unless you're commuting but for a second car that's where these really shine so for example if someone in your household has a long commute they drive the primary car be it some big suv or something but if you have a need for a second car that's where these evs come in because they go plenty far enough for running around town they, uh, they are super cheap to run. They are typically dead reliable. Uh, they're great for taking kids to school. They're great if you have a kid and, and they need to drive to school. Uh, they're just really, really good values, and there's a ton of engineering that went into them that has just been completely depreciated away. Yeah, you know, uh, most of these actually are under 10K. A bunch of them we've owned, but really the brilliance of electric cars uh, and I would say these are actually great cars even if you're using them as your primary car as long as you're willing to charge them up every night. But the brilliance of them, Tommy, is that there's no real maintenance on them, right? There's no uh, oil to change. There's no coolant to flush. Uh, actually, the brakes last forever because a lot of them have regen braking, so you're not actually spending a lot of time on the brakes. So the brakes last, I would say, at least twice as long as on a regular car. The only thing you got to put in them really is, you know, windshield wiper fluid, and you're good to go. Yeah, 
Uh, some people will tell you, like, well, you have to you have to change the coolant because they're well, yeah. they've got radiators on them, and so, yeah, but it's so minimal. I mean, there's just there's yeah. no, there's no there's no oil. Most of these cars have no transmission fluid. Most of these cars have moving parts in like the single digits. Yeah. So where a gas car may have 300 moving parts, an EV may have seven <laughs> or six. Yeah, so that's the upside. The downside, of course, is that over time batteries batteries do uh, tend to lose some of their capacity. And um, the good news is on most of these cars. You you can actually check what, how much capacity they have. And some actually are still under factory warranty, like uh, the Nissan Leaf, for instance, I think gives you an eight-year warranty on their batteries. And I, I read, Even though it's not on our list. I read, it is on our list. Is it? You put it on there? Yeah. I read so many comments about how these cars are terrible because the batteries just destroy the themselves. Yeah. That is such an overstated problem on so many cars. There are, there are a couple models where it's a big problem, like right. we'll talk about. But for 90% of the used EVs out there, the battery capacities, even after tens of thousands of miles, are typically pretty much on par, if not, you know, a tiny bit off of what they were when they were new. Yeah, and then, you know, we've been doing, like I said, a lot of shopping for EVs because we think they're the future, or we know they're the future. Uh, and so we want to get in on that uh, on the ground floor, or at least as down to the ground floor as we can get. Uh, and so uh, we've done a r- lot of research uh, looking at, you know, battery life, uh, how quickly they recharge. And there's a lot to electric cars that, you know, like, like with an electric car, there are all these numbers and metrics that people find very unfamiliar, right? Like kilowatt hours and charge rates and amps. But it's not that hard, right? It's just getting your brain used to working in those numbers versus gallons and an MPG. It's very simple. It yeah, really it, is it, super it's simple. It's really simple. So you want to, before we get to the list, why don't we talk about that? So let's talk about battery capacity. Let's start with that. That's the biggest thing. Basically, battery capacity in a way translates to the size of your engine, right, in some ways. Because it, the more battery capacity, usually the more powerful the vehicle is I would say, and the longer the range. I would say it translates the, to the size, size of your, your fuel tank. Yeah. Yeah, directly to the size of your fuel tank. So think of a kilowatt hour like a gallon. Yeah. So, for example, most of these vehicles we talk about in terms of, you know, be it 20, 25, 30 kilowatt hours. Um, and, and basically a kilowatt hour is a uh, is just a unit of, of energy. So it's how long can I um, expel kilowatts before that battery is drained. So, for example, if I have a 30 kilowatt hour battery pack and I'm drawing one kilowatt, the battery will last 30 hours. So it really is, a, it's a really simple thing, but the, the basics of it are the higher the kilowatt hours, the further your vehicle can go. And usually the, the quicker it'll go too. It, it's faster from zero to 60 because you, you can use more power to generate quicker speeds because you've got more power in reserve. I tend to disagree because mm-hmm. like the Pikes Peak race car, yeah. that a Volkswagen ID, yeah. that set the record that still holds as a right, fast but you car. Can't talk about a race yeah, but car. that had a tiny battery. Yeah, because it only had to go uh, up, you know, a, what is it, twelve mile stretch of road. So they they you, they wanted as much lightweight uh, as possible in that car, and so they gave it just enough battery to make it up the mountain. I mean, think of it about it like in the RC world. You know, you can have a tiny battery or you can have, a, like, a big battery, but typically it'll still go the same speed from zero to 20 miles an hour in the RC world. It just won't do it as many times. I don't want to get into a big argument, but the bigger the battery, the more expensive the vehicle. I think that's fair to say because you're paying for the battery. Now, the other uh, important number that you have to talk about is charge rate, right? Yeah, so charge rate is also measured in something called kilowatts. 
So um, kilowatts and kilowatt hours are directly related, perhaps no surprise there. But once again, the higher the kilowatts, the faster your vehicle will charge. Now, let's put this in perspective. There are three levels of charging. So level one is uh, basically your home wall outlet. So it's like what you charge your iPhone with. That is typically, depending on the amps, but that's like 1.7, 1.8 kilowatts um, is typically what we draw at home. Level two is a dryer outlet. So it's 240 volts, and that's typically you know, 6.7 to maybe 10, 13 kilowatts. And then we have something called DC fast charging, and um, that is no longer AC but DC. That's like those stations you'll see. Direct current. Yeah, Tesla's plugged into. That's like Electrify America. DC fast chargers are typically anywhere between like 25 and 350 kilowatts. Yeah, and the the faster uh, it charges, the bigger that number. So basically a 200 or 300 kilowatt hour charger uh, charges a lot quicker. Now, one caveat that we have to talk about is when you're talking charging, you're talking charging up to about 80% of the battery's capacity because that's where it can charge quickly. The last 20%, it slows down a lot. So if you were to graph it, you know, the, 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 when you plug the, the vehicle in, it's completely empty. You're getting all that, all that power. And then as you get to 80%, the curve starts to go down, 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 and it takes longer and longer and longer. So most people on fast charging do not charge at 100%. They charge at 80%. And when it comes to these numbers, once again, it sounds confusing, but let's keep it really simple. It never works like this in the real world. But to, to put it in perspective, a 20 kilowatt hour battery charging at 20 kilowatts should take one hour to charge. But like you said, there's all sorts of um, and, curves to and take so, into account. So what does that mean in the real world? So if you buy an electric car... Um, and I'm not even going to talk about battery size. I don't want to get confused. But for the most part, if you buy an electric car and if you plug it into that wall outlet, it's going to take more than overnight to plug it. It's just going to it's going to take a long time. Yeah. If if you have the dryer outlet, It'll you, you you can charge pretty much any electric car overnight. Yeah, from zero. I mean, in a dryer dryer outlet, yeah. most of these will be like four to Le- six hours. Level two, yeah. So you'll you'll charge it overnight. So every vehicle on our list is capable of charging off of a dryer outlet. Yep. So level one and level two. Level three is where things get interesting. Not every vehicle on this list can actually use one of those public chargers. Um, but those will take, typically, the manufacturer either likes to say 30 minutes to 80% or one hour to 80%, depending on um, the, the car. And we can talk about that. And then because we're in the early days of electric cars, there are really basically three different standards for charging. Tesla has its own proprietary standard, so a Tesla has its own thing. Uh, and with a Tesla, you can charge a Tesla off of like a public charger that runs what we call, what's called CCS. Um, Chatamo. Or Chatamo, right? They're, they're different. I've never seen a CCS to Tesla no? adapter. Maybe it's out there. Someone will let me know in the comment section below. But, but, the, you, but, the but, co- you, but there are adapters. So yeah. Tesla can charge from its own proprietary or from the public charging networks. But Tesla is proprietary to itself, so you can't like take, let's say, a Bolt or a Leaf and charge it on a Tesla charger. Only Teslas can charge on Tesla chargers. And then, of course, um, Nissan, for some reason, they were early to the game. They were one of the first. Uses a charging uh, standard called Chatamo. Do you know what that stands for? Look it up, would you? It stands for something really funny. Uh, it's like, it's like it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hilarious acronym, and I knew it like two days ago, and I've forgotten it since then. So look up what Chatamo stands for. It's really funny, actually. Uh, it sounds stupid, but it, it's not. There's a reason why it's called Chatamo. And it's a Japanese standard, basically. The charge de move. No, no. Yeah, that's Chatamo's abbreviation of charge de move, equivalent to move using charge. 
There you go. So C-H-A comes from charge, D-E, and then move is the M-O. Okay, I thought it was something else. Yeah, Chatamo, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, that, that's the standard that Nissan uses for the most part, and then there's the other standard that everybody else uses, which is CCS. So the, the, the thing that you need to remember, I think we made it way too complicated. We really confused the it's heck out of these very people, simple. Sorry, guys. Every car except for Tesla uses the same plug when it comes to charging at home on 120 or 240. Which is what? What's that saying? Called the J1772 plug. CCS, right? No. It's, it's, a, it's a plug that every automaker uses. I thought uses. that was called CCS. Nope. That, that's the CCS is the combined plug. Okay. So every car uses the 1772 plug. Right. That's what you'll find and at home. And then CCS is, a, is the... Uh, and then... Uh, they they the automakers then expanded on the 1772 plug and created a combined plug which is called CCS. So the top portion of that uh, plug is a standard 1772, and the bottom portion have these two prongs for the DC fast charging uh, cable. So so if you're out there buying an electric car, what you want is ideally is that top and bottom part. So you want those two big plugs for the fast charging, the direct charging, and then you want the round one on top for, if it's not a Tesla, for uh, regular charging. Yeah. That's or, ideal. Or if you have a Leaf, you'll have your standard home plug, yeah. and then you'll have this big, ugly, scary thing, which is what we call the Chatamo. But yeah. that works too. All right, should we go on down the list? Yeah, so let's start with number 10 now that we've completely and thoroughly confused you. Yeah, number 10 is called uh, the, the Chevrolet Spark EV. So this was a vehicle uh, that is largely a California compliance car. Basically, it was a vehicle designed for the California market so that Chevy could keep selling its big, crazy uh, pickup trucks with monstrous V8s. But it actually turned out to be a really, really interesting little car. It's based on the Spark, which is a small front-wheel drive commuter. Uh, They ripped out the four-cylinder gas engine, and in its place, they put... A super stinking powerful uh, electric motor. Yeah. So I was at the Detroit Auto Show when this debuted. And I was kind of walking by, and back then, uh, back in the day, what year was the first year of this? Uh, Fourteen. So back in the day, I was not that interested in electric cars, but I'm walking by this. Uh, it's debuting, and I'm kind of doing a double take because all of a sudden there's a car doing a front wheel drive burnout on stage. Yeah. Which was crazy. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And for some reason, the one you want is a 2014 uh, because that was the year that the vehicle had the most torque I've ever actually seen put through an electric car's front wheels, which is what, 400 pound-foot of torque or something like that? Yeah, exactly. It was 400 pound-feet of torque. It's a lot of torque. And then they, they built them for several years after that. But starting in 15, they downgraded the torque to, I think, 328. And that's made it because, more sane. Yeah. Well, they changed the batteries. So none of these vehicle manufacturers actually make their own batteries. They, um, they, they purchase the batteries uh, from suppliers like LG. Yep. And Chevrolet was purchasing their batteries from a company called A123. And A123 was based out of the USA. They also supplied batteries for the Fisker. And they went bankrupt. And they went bankrupt. And then starting in 2015, I think they went to the LG batteries. So the, the one you want is a 2014. It's pretty much um, you know, just a hot little hatch. What's the range on it, Tommy? 82 miles, according to the EPA. Yeah. And, you know, figure in five years, that's probably down... Uh, graded a little bit. It's degraded, but not a lot. You know, maybe instead of 82 now, you're probably going to get like 75, something like that, after five years. I don't even think you'd lose that much. Yeah. I really don't. I, reading what owners have to say about yeah. the Spark, uh, especially the LG batteries, they've lasted a, a really, really well. They, uh, they've was, held up really well. So the cool thing about the Spark, believe it or not, mm. it was the first vehicle sold in the U.S. with CCS fast charging. That's pretty darn cool. I thought the iMe was first. 
That was Chatamo. Chatamo. All right. Uh, and it also had this cool, like, uh, almost like lightning bolt design in the seats. So they kind of, you know, went with the electricity theme throughout the interior of the thing. Uh, if I were to get one, they're like, what? Well, we can look it up. How much yeah. are they? Yeah, I actually, so what we're going to do yeah. today is uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I have pulled up Auto Trader, and we are going to look at some of the prices for every one of these I'm going to take a guess. Okay, I'm going to guess, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. How's that? Yep. I'm going to say a first-gen Spark from 2014 is like 7K right now. Ooh, spot on. Mm. Seven to like eight, depending on where you uh, find them. They're all pretty much... Um, low mileage, you'd be hard pressed to find one over like sixty thousand miles. Yeah, the thing is, you're not road tripping in these cars, so people weren't exactly driving them to visit grandma in Florida if they lived in Colorado. Probably not. No. <laughs> I think that's a fair, fair assessment. Um, once again, you know, these cars don't have a lot of range, so they typically don't have very high mileage, and there's very little to break. And I think I think it's important to say as we're heading into winter that you also lose range when the batteries get cold. That's right. Uh, so um, what's going to hurt you more than actually the degradation of the battery over time is the degradation of the battery when it gets cold. So yeah. in some of these vehicles, you could lose up to, uh, you know, 20, 25% of that capacity in cold places like Colorado. So apart from having 400 pound-feet of torque, the uh, Spark can also seat your family. It's a proper four-seater with, or four-door with the rear hatch. Um, it's all, <laughs> it was also really expensive when it was new, like somewhere around $30,000. It's a little, it, it's a little ugly, Tommy. It it's good. Hit, it got, kind of got hit with the ugly stick. It's the ultimate sleeper. GM said it zero looks, to 60 in under eight seconds. You know what it reminds me of? Like a turtle with a head that's poking out that's just one size too small. That's fine. You will be in your Golf GTI. I will pull up next to you in my 14 Spark, and I will smoke you from the line. This is true. Yep. Uh, you also burn those front tires off pretty quickly. Luckily, they're tiny. What was the 0 to 60 on it? Uh, sub 8 seconds. Yeah, which is fast. Which is really fast, considering the, the standard Spark was, I don't know, 11 or something. Now, i got to tell you, the next car on my list, I'm, I'm looking over my shoulder at your list, at our list, is actually probably my favorite of these, and I think at some point we will own one of these. I actually got to go on the launch of this car, and it was such a hoot to drive, and it was like, it was like this, this, is, this, this car, Tommy, is exactly what you want in an Italian car because let's face it, Italian cars have the reputation of not being very reliable. Well, this car solves all that. So what is it? Yeah, it's the Fiat 500e. Really cool car. Came out and I think it was 2013 was the first year. Once again, they took the quirky little Fiat 500, they electrified it, they gave it these like weird little dimples on the front end, these like baseball or um, golf, golf ball, ball dimples. Uh, you could get Make it, it aerodynamic. Yeah, crazy colors. It had funky wheels, but it was also really quick, super fun to drive. Uh, 84 miles according to uh, the EPA, 111 horsepower motor, torque was way off the scale. 24 kilowatt hour battery, um, and it was just a real hoot. I think this is so much better than the gas versions. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I would even probably buy it over in a Bart. Uh, you know, same car. Uh, it's just, um, it's just, you know, it takes the 500, which is a charming little car, and it makes it bulletproof uh, and it makes it fun. Uh, the range wasn't great, if I recall. What was the range? Yeah, the range. It was 84 miles. It was okay. It was okay. So um, I, I'd recommend the orange. The, the, the orange is kind of like an orange sickle color with the white. Uh, that's a really cool color combination. Uh, and it's just got like European-Italian flair written all over it. You feel like you're kind of in, in some uh, coffee bar in Italy when you're driving the thing. You just want to grab a cigarette and an espresso and, you know, yell, ciao bella, out the window. Yeah, I mean, just look at it. It's adorable. It really is, if you're watching on YouTube, a cool little car. 
I think Fiat said back in the day it was quicker from like 0 to 30 than the sporty, crazy, racy Abarth version. Um, and it's going to feel quicker, especially nowadays, because the, the, um, the Abarth's going to have all sorts of issues and turbo problems. And the little 500E is just going to keep cranking along. Battery degradation doesn't seem to be a huge issue with the 500E. Uh, it only had level 1 or level 2 charging, so you can't charge it up to full in 30 minutes. You, you, the fastest is probably going to be 4 or 5 hours. Yeah, let me repeat that again. Uh, if you don't mind charging it up overnight, you're going to be fine with this car. It's when you kind of like go past its range and you have to go, let's say, from work and stop at a dry cleaner and get some groceries and those are out of your way. Then that's when you're going to get a little bit of range anxiety because even though it has 80-some miles, right, let's face it, those last 10 miles don't really count because those are kind of like the little light on the uh, gas gauge, right? You're into the reserve at that point and you're feeling really stressed and really worried because... Um, you know that if you do run out of power, you're not going to, like, push it to a gas station and fill it up. You so, know, I've driven that smart EV we have a lot. Yes. That only has 68 miles of range. Yes. Not once have I felt range anxiety. I have. I have not. I you have. just get used to it. It's like driving around with a quarter tank all the time, except when you wake up in the morning, it's always full. And I drive it a lot, you know, in the city. You do drive it a lot, yeah. I have not. I have you, not even, we, call, we call it Tweety. Even 50 or 60 miles, um, you know, you think when you're under that 10% that you're going to worry about it. Yeah. I, I, you just get used to it. It's no, fine. I, I don't get used to it because I think to myself, i got to make a meeting at 4 o'clock and I'm running out to lunch and I, I don't know if I'll be able to make it back. And then what will I do? How embarrassing will it be? Who do I call? Am you're I fine. But no, no. Just this, this plan is, this, for these it. These are all things I think people feel. Just plan for you it. You don't plan for range anxiety. It's like you don't – you know what? You don't plan on having like – a fear of heights. It's like any, it's, it's just built into our. No, it's DNA. like any other anxiety. If you do it enough, you totally get used to it. It's not a problem. I, d- I didn't like heights when I was little. I hated roller coasters, and then I just started let, going let me know on in the roller coasters. Below if you think Tommy is uh, now, I love right about that. Everyone's going to agree with you, but everybody's wrong because it's really easy to get used to. Yeah. So number eight on our list, believe it or not, it's oh we didn't look at the prices. How much do you think the five hundred egos? I think it'd be the same. Like they're between. Six on the cheap side, maybe nine on the expensive side, depending on where you get them. Yeah, you're right. Here in Auto Trader, 64, 67. This is, of course, going ascending. But look at the mileage, like 19,000 miles, 35,000 miles. The thing is, they're just uh, both of these cars that we've just talked about are pretty tiny inside. So let's face it. I mean, they're four-seaters, but you wouldn't want to put four people in them unless you you were in an emergency situation. Being in the backseat of a Fiat 500e is not uh, my idea of partyville. Okay, so the next vehicle on our list is... I would get in the backseat. The next vehicle on our list is the Model S. Yeah, I'd definitely get in the backseat of that. And this is interesting because uh, Model S's are known for being, you know, really expensive. You can get a performance for over $100,000 now. Um, But... (laughs) <laughs> They're getting old. So the Model S came out, and I think it was 2012 was the first model year. It's the second oldest Tesla, right? The, the Roadster is the first, and then the Model S. So there's a lot, not a lot, but they're, you know, they've been around a long time now. So they're actually, depre- look, Teslas don't depreciate anywhere near the, 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 the amount that the rest of these cars do. And that's because Teslas always from the get-go have had at least 200 miles of range, right? Even even like a P60, which is a very low, small battery Model S, has a lot more range than any of these other cars. Uh, and, and I think, um, you know, like real estate is about location, location, location. Electric cars are about range, range, range. 
range. Uh, and the Tesla has it. So they don't depreciate much, but they've been around long enough now where you can actually get a Tesla Model S relatively affordably. Well, that's what we're talking about. So uh, once again, it's all about battery capacity. Most Model S's have, you know, 80, maybe 90, maybe 100 kilowatt hour batteries. But they did a version called the Model S 60, and that had a 60 kilowatt hour battery, allegedly. Uh, they sold it from 2013 to 2015. Uh, still really quick, 0 to 60 and 5.5. Still over 200 miles of uh, EPA rated range 208 and the cool thing is is if you buy one of these cars you can actually make it better so uh, 60 kilowatt hours is actually software limited so they had a 75 kilowatt hour battery but then Tesla because you paid less they software limited you to 60 but you can actually pay them $9,500 and they will unlock the rest of the battery whoa 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 you can pay them the cost of a spark or a Fiat I'm not saying you should. To get, like, what, 10 more kilowatt hours of battery or 15? Uh, 15, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a, a wise uh, so, or something I would do. I'd get the 500E and keep the money. The crazy thing about the um, Model S60 is that they really haven't changed that much. So a 2013 is still going to look pretty much identical on the inside to a brand new one. You're still going to have that huge screen. Yeah, you'll get all those perks. Uh, some of them don't have autopilot. I'm not sure that all of them even had... Um, the, the ability to supercharge. So you have to look into that. But well, they, they will, are they will, they will supercharge, but just not as quickly. You can plug them into a supercharger. Well, I'm not even sure that some of them will supercharge. I think the supercharger network was being built that way. It was, but it was an option for some of the cars back in the day. I think you'd be hard pressed to find one that doesn't supercharge. Uh, yeah, but then the one you buy is of course. I'm just be saying the that one. The, the supercharging rate might be much slower. Because, because Someone the, in the comments will let us know below, but I'm almost positive that they didn't supercharge. So, like, they did the Tesla Model S 45, which was a software-limited version of this. That one didn't supercharge at all. Like, you couldn't plug it into a supercharger. Well, I'm just saying um, get the one that can supercharge. And the, the issue with the speed of the supercharger is not how fast the supercharger can put out power. It's how fast a car can uh, yeah, charge the battery. It. So the charger is actually that, – that cable is just a cable. It's a smart cable, but it's a cable. But the charger is actually built into the car. And so the older cars have slower chargers. So just because a supercharger may be capable of 250 kilowatts, right, that doesn't mean the car can absorb that much power. And the older ones certainly can't. So if they're not going to charge as quickly. Like any technology – you know, like any phone, that's probably the best analogy, right? The old phones were smaller, had less memory, had less computing power, took longer to charge, couldn't do remote charging or or uh, wireless charging, you know. So so you are losing some of the newest and greatest features of electric cars. But nevertheless, for I think those things are going for, what, 25 to 35 now? We'll look at it in a second. Yeah. But I'm just reading on the forum, and I think I was right. The early ones, you can't supercharge. He's got to prove me wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize. I just I think you it's prove me someone wrong. out there is going to buy one, and they're going to be super bummed out when they go to a supercharger. You just want to prove me wrong. All right. Okay. Uh, what, what do you the think they cost? 25 to 35. Yeah, you're right. You are right. Yeah. All right. Next up on the list, the BMW i3. Which we just purchased. We purchased the 2014 with the range extender. Um, you can get, um, for most of the of the i3s, they had fast charging. Uh, ours, unfortunately, didn't. But <laughs> but I kind of look at I kind of look at either or. So either get the one with the range extender or get the one that fast charges because they both do the same thing. They both keep you going and keep you going quicker. The difference, of course, being uh, range extenders, and I know the prices of these very well, go for about 2000 more than the non-range extended ones. And what's a range extender? It's a little Kimco. I think it's a 600cc motorcycle engine, right? Something Kimco's like a motorcycle. Yeah. And basically what it does is 
Uh, once the battery gets down to, in America, 7% or 6% of capacity, it jumps on and then it charges the battery so you can go another, it's like 50 to 70 miles depending on how you've been driving. So a gas station or home to charge it up. They've been making them for six years now. The early ones... Sorry, they just built the 200,000th i3. The early ones have a 22-kilowatt-hour battery. Then they went to a 33-kilowatt-hour battery, and the newer ones have a 42-kilowatt-hour battery. Which is cool when you think about it. They doubled the size of the battery and yet didn't change the car because the car is built on this kind of uh, unique platform that is... uh, It's not carbon fiber. It's like carbon plastic. Yeah, it's got this reinforced monocoque. That's this um, crazy woven material. It's a really k- kind of an ugly-looking <laughs> little car, I think, but it's really nice on the inside. So it's got these interesting materials. It's got this really cool steering wheel and this floating central screen. I mean, I mean it was a hugely expensive car for BMW to develop. Rear-wheel drive, fun to drive, super skinny tires, which are expensive. Yeah, and they, they burn through quickly. But it has an incredible turning radius. I think one of the best turning radiuses I've ever seen. It's actually one of my favorite cars. I think it's if, – if, if not the – it's – one of my favorite cars we, we've purchased this year, and we've purchased a lot of interesting vehicles, uh, both used and new. And I'll tell you why I love it so much. It's just a really open and airy car. There's just a lot of room, especially in the front seat. I used to hate the clam-style doors, but I'm actually not bothered by them because I never get in the back seat. It's got room enough to put your bike in the back, which I've done. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's got uh, enough range with the range extender where you don't really have to make range anxiety a thing because – if you keep your gas tank full, you can always, uh, you know, drive it as far as you want to drive it. Let's see what the range rating was according to the EPA. Ours is like 150 with the battery and the range extender. So the battery goes like 80 miles and then the range extender goes like 70, and depending on if you're on a hill or something. There is a downside to it, and that is the little Kimco. Kimco is a mo- Korean motorcycle manufacturer. Why BMW didn't use their own motorcycle engine, I am still baffled by, but they didn't. Um, if if uh, you're on a hilly area or if you're someplace where, um, you know, you're going to need a lot more power, uh, then uh, the little Kimco doesn't do enough to keep it uh, fully charged, and it slows down a lot. So we, we're going to be doing a, a Loveland Trials with it, but I can tell you going up Loveland Pass, we were doing 16 miles an hour floored. Yeah, that the was range horrible. Extender. That was terrifying. So the i3, the one we have, the 14 with the range extender, it was rated at 72 miles on all electric. And then you got another 78 if you got the uh, gas engine. Yeah. Um, the new i3, if you get the full electric, yeah. can go 153 miles. Mm-hmm. So, um, But they're, they get expensive. So the new ones get much more expensive than the they're old like ones. They're like 50K cars. They're, they're, and the used ones actually aren't expensive. So we bought ours for 12500 uh, which was really on the low end of things. Uh, the, the nicer ones that have, you know, the... the like like we don't have, for instance, adaptive cruise control. We don't have the cool bamboo. Uh, we don't have like a second cup holder. There's a lot of little features. We don't have the bigger screens. Some have smaller screens. Some have bigger screens. And those can be anywhere from like 15 to 19, depending on uh, which one you get. But still, you know, 12 and a half to 19,000 for a car that originally cost 50,000 not that long ago is pretty darn good. Uh, and uh, you do have the issue where you, the electric motor is pretty bulletproof, but then you've got to deal with all the mechanical stuff that you would have in a gasoline-powered motor. If you, you get have, the range extender. So you, you see the ones I'm it's looking at? It's called a Rex, by the way, Tommy. The, the Rex. The ones I'm looking at on Autotrader yeah. are like ten grand. Yeah. Um, but those, those, are, those, those are the, the yeah, those are the full electric, and those are less desirable because they can only go, I think, 81 miles when they were new. 
Um, and then some of the later ones with the Rex are going to be, you know, like you said, 15 to maybe 20 for or, or really a much newer one. I would highly recommend it. I love the car. The, they were also available with adaptive cruise control and this crazy wooden dashboard and these uh, yeah, bamboo dashboards. And they had this cool uh, sunroof thing with these little panels. So shop around for one you like because they are definitely out there and they are out there for not a lot of money. Probably one of the best ones on the list. And you know why they're out there? Why is that? Because people lease them, right? People don't want to buy, like, yesterday's tech. So a lot of people, especially a $50,000 vehicle, you just lease the thing. Same thing with a lot of these other California compliance cars. You lease them for three years, then you return them, and then they're out there for you to buy much more cheaply than, uh, you know, new. And this was not a compliance car, by the way. This was a full up ground-up EV for yeah. the entire and, nation. And I want to say this is the last year in production of the vehicle. Ah, it's died. I think yeah. it, they, they're killing it. Yep, yeah. that's right. Built uh, in its own plant in Leipzig. So the i3 is a rear-wheel drive. The next car on our list is front-wheel drive. We're back to the full electrics. It's probably one of my favorite on this list. It is the Volkswagen e-Golf. You know what's crazy about the e-Golf? You know, Volkswagen has just come out with the, their full electric vehicles, right? The ID, their, well, e-Golf is also fully electric, but their new ground-up electric vehicles, the ID3 and the ID4. Yeah. Uh, and they're building the e-Golf alongside the uh, ID3 at the same time. So they're still building the e-Golf while they're, bu- while they're building the ID3. Because there was a huge amount of demand for the e-Golf, even still. It's a great car. It's based on the Mark 7 Golf. And, you know, that's not a bad thing because the Golf is already such... Uh, a fun car to drive, and when you electrify it, it just becomes even more fun. So it's, uh, in my experience, it feels quicker on the road than a GTI, just because you have that instant torque. The modern ones could go about 125 miles. They had a 35.8 kilowatt hour battery pack. Uh, they changed them part way through the production run. The earlier ones could only do about 83 miles. How about how about fast charging? They had optional DC fast charging. Okay. Yep, CCS. I actually took ours to an Electrify America to try it out, and it did work. It's pretty quick. I knew they were they got pretty expensive. You can get those things up to like 40K easily. <laughs> they were really expensive. Yeah. Uh, we did a leveling trial with ours too, and if you remember right, one of the advantages of the e-Golf is it has something called a heat pump on the higher trims, right. which is uh, great for cold weather because rather than running a traditional heater, you use this little thing called the heat pump, which saves huge amounts of electricity. So if you live in the winter or in cold weather environments, the golf the, the newer ones especially with heat pump are much more efficient so um you know we, we have to talk about tax credits when you buy a new electric car uh, depending on the company they still have their federal and state tax credits but let's talk about the e-golf because that's a good one right volkswagen still has much of their tax credit and that tax credit is seventy five hundred dollars federally and then it drops off once they get to a certain number sold uh, so you might be wondering why buy a used one but if you do the math right so let's say you're getting an e-golf and you get in Colorado, you would get three thousand plus seven and a half thousand, so you're like at ten and a half thousand dollars. So at forty thousand, the thing becomes a thirty thousand dollar car. You know that's uh, a bargain, but a twelve thousand dollar BMW i3 or a seven thousand uh, dollar Fiat five hundred e is still a lot cheaper without tax credits. So what do you think they go for used? I don't know. They, they, they're pretty new. They haven't been around as long as some of the other ones. I think the first year was 16. Yeah, so I, I, I'm sure they're – I don't know. This one, I, 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 I have no clue. So tell me. 10,000 on the low end. Wow. So 10, 5, 10, 9, 11, around that range you can get a bunch of them. 83 miles on the older ones, so they couldn't go as far as the newer ones, but they're just so fun to drive. Strongly recommend so, e-golf. So I, I, I'm going to draw – I love the car, but I'm going to draw a line. I, I think it's really – a much better to push a car than to pull a car. 
Uh, and so I never understood why you'd have front-wheel drive electric cars and not rear-wheel drive. And the reason for that usually is that the manufacturers didn't do a ground-up design, right? They just took an existing platform and electrified it. So to me, if you do a ground-up design, uh, you're going to make it rear-wheel drive because it's, like I said, better to push than to pull. Front wheels aren't doing two things, steering and pulling. Uh, and so I love the way, like, the i3 drives or, you know, our smart car drives just because they're electric cars. And front wheel drive cars with a lot of torque, dude, it's fun, but it's not like a burnout. It's, you know, it's a lot of torque steer. Although I was talking to the Hyundai engineers about this, yeah. and they said front wheel drive in a lot of cases is better. Yeah, because you get more regen on those on the front. Yeah, you can regen more because keep in mind, like, when you're braking, right. most of the brakes... Breaking power comes in the front. Same yeah. thing with the regen. So that's what they'll tell you. So, okay, so so far we are at six. So the Spark EV, the 500D, the Model S, the i3, and e-Golf. Yep. None of these vehicles really seem to suffer much, if any, range degradation. They they typically hold up very well. Do your homework, but they typically hold up very the well. The next one is not the it, case, though. The, the next one I don't love, but I put on the list because... Nathan just bought it. Yeah, it's the best-selling vehicle, EV. It was. Uh, yes, it was. I think Model, Model 3, 3 surpassed it. Yeah. Surpassed. That's, of course, the Nissan Leaf. Now, funny enough, Nissan Leaf, first model year 2011, that was a ground-up EV. Can you believe that? And they made a front-wheel drive. Yeah, they what did. were you thinking, <laughs> Nissan? And you didn't give it a frunk. They, Why? They didn't base it on another vehicle. And Leafs... I've heard they have actually. I was talking to Alex. He said that they. I was. I had this same really? discussion, and he said they based it on a global platform. Weird. I read mm. that it was an all ground up thing. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. And then he said, no, no, think about it. It's much cheaper, and so that's why it's front wheel drive. It was based on a, a front wheel drive platform that that's shared with huh. other cars. Well, that's I didn't what know Alex that. Said. And Alex knows his stuff, so Alex, I trust you. Alex Dykes and Alex and yeah, Autos, yeah. by the way. Um, so the Leaf is a little bit more problematic. These ones, you do see some pretty serious range degradation. Yeah, the reputation is well, the bad. Batteries, unlike a lot of these cars, aren't climate controlled, right? So they're just regularly air cooled. You know, kind of like the difference between like a water cooled and an air cooled engine, right? With an air cooled engine, uh, you don't you don't have to have the same tolerances that you do in a water cooled engine, and you don't get the same performance. Uh, with air cooled batteries, they tend to degrade faster because when you have them in places like Arizona, they get super hot, or when you have them in places like Colorado, they get super cold. And batteries, you know this, Tom, you love to be about the same temperature that me and you love to be. Yeah, so when they get really hot or really cold, they start having issues. And <laughs> the, the, the issue with the Leafs, too, is they had Shadamo fast charging, and people would drive them in really hot places like Phoenix. The batteries are, would already be hot, and they'd try to slam a ton of power into them. Um, a ton of energy into them, actually, and they would just they they couldn't take it. So I went on the launch of the first Leaf, and we were in um, Nashville, Tennessee, right? And uh, the drive was like a sixty mile drive, uh, and that first gen I think had like seventy miles of range, barely. And I wanted to go to the Jim it was a Jim Bean or one. There's like a very close to where Nissan headquartered, like a sixty mile round trip. There's a, a distillery. It might be Jim Bean or it might be uh, what's another famous. Kentucky whiskey. Oh, you're asking the wrong person. Dave. Yeah, it wasn't Jim Bean. It was uh, Jack Daniels. Yeah, so I wanted to go to the Jack Daniels distillery, and they said, nope, too far. I'm like, dude, it's 60 miles. I'm like, nope, too far. And then I realized, once again, it didn't have enough range. And, and at that time, Nissan had this marketing thing that they were trying to sell to people, and that was that they said the average American drives like 30 miles round trip to and from work, so 60 miles is plenty. And that turned out to be a bunch of, well, a bunch of... Dog Dewey. I, I mean, I think, still think this is plenty of range for most people. Horse Dewey? 73 miles. Uh, Cow Dewey? 
according to the EPA, 73 miles of range. Um, and, I mean, the frustrating thing about the leaf is it was never really 73. It was kind of... 60. Yeah, it was more like 60. So, like, our smart car was rated at 68, but it'll do 80 pretty easily. The leaf was much lower than that. Uh, but they did improve it. So the early ones had a 24-kilowatt-hour battery. But you can see by 2016, the first-gen leaf had jumped up to a 30-kilowatt-hour battery. So the later ones, I think, had 107 miles of range. That's the one uh, Nathan bought. But they still had the air-cooled batteries. Some of them were um, available without the fast charging. And, and those batteries are uh, warranted, and there is a way when you have a leaf to check what, what the battery status is. It's really easy. So if you look at the leaf, they have a, uh, a gauge that tells you the current charge. Yep. But then next to the gauge, there's these little bars. And the little bars tell you the health of the battery. And I think full, look this up to be sure, but full they had, I think, 12 bars. And then if you drop below... This is not the range. This is just how much degradation has yeah. taken place. So they, they had 12 little bars to show the health of the battery. And if you drop below 8 bars, I want to say... They replaced it. It was under warranty. Yeah. And I think it was like an 8-year warranty. You have to look all this up. But uh, that, that, that I think is... I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. You know, uh, once again, uh, like the Spark, it's just one ugly car, dude. I, I just The newest one, I think, is better. So And it's got a lot more range. If you get a new Leaf... Uh, they finally like figured it out after ten years of trying, but those early cars—they're just. And the other thing about the Leaf, which also is is a shame, and some of these cars suffer from it, and that is, you know, the great thing about electric batteries is uh, instant torque, right? So, like Tesla's was very quick car, zero to sixty, and well, if the Model S, you can do it in two point three in ludicrous mode, right? But uh, in a lot of these cars, they dial that way down, and so you don't have the fun of actually having all that quickness. You just have a, a vehicle that is uh, as slow as, you know, a, an economy car uh, with the range of, well, you know, a third of an economy car. So you start to wonder what the, what the value is in that vehicle. The Spark EV, though, yeah. did not have uh, that lack of fun. So the Leaf no. is pretty slow, but the Spark EV was really fun. Um, how much do you think Leafs co- cost? Oh, they're the cheapest of the uh, electric cars. You can get a Leaf. If you if you shop around, you could probably get one. If you get the wrong year, you could probably get it for like under five. But if you want the right year where the battery degradation wasn't as bad, these are like the later models, then it could be anywhere from like eight, seven to I think like $12,000, maybe 14 You know, the, the, the newer they are, the more they cost. Yeah, I'm looking at like 11s and they're like three to four grand, but typically those need new batteries. Yep, exactly. So if if you're spending like eight or nine that's probably more in the, the market of where you should be. Yeah, spending. and they're very practical. And they also have this cool thing where their navigation is tied to the range. So when you look at the little navigation screen, it draws a circle around uh, the area that shows you your range. It's kind of a guess gauge, right? Tesla does it much better. Tesla, you plug in in the navigation where you're going. And if you're coming home, it'll tell you exactly, and it will get it right, how much battery you'll have when you get to your destination, how much battery you'll have when you get home. The leaf just kind of says, here's a circle. This is kind of how far you can go. And don't go beyond that circle because you'll be out of power. Okay, so here we go. So this is exactly what you don't want. I'm looking at one right now. Yeah. On the, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at one on AutoTrader right now. Yeah. It's an 11, right. $4,588, but it has one, two, three, four, four bars of battery life remaining. So it probably has a range, effective range of like 30 miles. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, if you look at this indicator, it's almost full. It's reading 13 miles. Ouch. So that car is essentially mechanically totaled because a new battery would be more, more. than the I value think, of the I think car. I remember saying a new battery pack for a Leaf is like 2.5K. 
I want to say, because remember, they're not using, you know... I think it's much more than that. I don't think so. They're, they're pretty basic batteries. They're not air-cooled. I thought so, someone uh, wrote me the other day and said it was eight and a half. Really? For a leaf battery yeah. pack? Yeah, uh-huh. Really? Yep. Well, you could be right. I thought it was like two and a half. I didn't think there was... Mm, I think it's... I think it's... I mean, for a while, they were like $30,000. Yeah, for sure. So, here we go. I'm Spending a- 8000 on a new battery pack. Yeah. <laughs> that point, get yourself a 500E. All right. So, yeah, I wouldn't recommend the Leaf. But next up, we have the Focus Electric. How much do you think well, Focus... I would recommend a Leaf, just not the early ones. Get a 16 or newer. Yeah. 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 Focus Electric. How much do you think of Focus Electric I don't know is? anything about Focus Electrics except that Jay Leno used it on his show a long time ago. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I don't. I know nothing about. I, I hated the car then. I hate it now. I just thought it was, you know, uh, kind of a swing and a miss on the part of Ford at the time. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm hoping that the that the Maki is a much better <laughs> electric car. So, how much are they? Well, people like Focus Electrics. Okay, I don't. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I, they're uh, front wheel drive still, but but they are more usable. Okay. So a lot of these cars are really small and like what's, super what's efficient. What's the range on them? 76 to 115 miles. Okay. The 2018s had more range. Front-wheel drive, right. Up to 33.5 kilowatt hours. They were pretty quick. Yeah. They had an optional fast charger as well. And they're more expensive than you'd think. Okay. They're like, for most most of the time, they're like 10 to 12K. Okay, maybe 9K in some cases. But they're, um, they didn't make many of them, yeah. so, so they were kind of low volume. Uh, initially, the pilot program, I think, was only in 19 cities across the U.S., but uh, I think they're cool. I really do think they're cool. You know, I think I didn't like the Focus because there was an ST, right? And there was an RS, and I thought to myself... But there was a Fiat 500 Abarth. Yeah, yeah, there was. You uh, know, that's yeah. the same kind of deal. Yeah, but I always kind of longed after an ST or an RS, and, and the electric just seemed not to you know, have the performance of any of those two cars. But like I say... Um, yeah, I don't know. Don't, they're, they're pretty I zippy. Have, I don't have a lot to add to this conversation. Yeah, they're, they're pretty zippy, and they're very normal. So some of these EVs are all weird and funky, but the Focus yeah, is just... Yeah, that was another thing. I like I like my EVs to be unique and quirky. Yeah, they were just normal little cars. They were like they stuck a battery in a Focus and called it you know, a, 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 an electric Focus. That's fine, but you know, at least with some of these other cars, they actually uh, went to the trouble of, you know, with like the i3, I mean, completely designing a ground-up electric car or even with the fiat you know taking something that was kind of charming and cute and actually putting some more design language into it than just sticking a battery into it the next car on our list is also funky if you're into funky cars it is the soul ev yeah the soul ev i actually once again i went to launch on that and i was a little disappointed in that car because i felt like um they had traded utility for fun but that's just me uh, you know, it had actually a greater range than most of those compliance cars at the time. So I want to say it was in the 90s. Am I wrong? Yeah, 93 miles for 16 and 17, and then the 18 and 19s were up to 111. Yeah, so it had more utility. You know, it, it's got all the kind of goodness of the soul, all your hamster-loving uh, people out there. You know, it had all that quirky, funny kind of design language. Uh, and what makes the soul so... So, so such a hot seller, right? It's, it's one of their best-selling vehicles, if not the best-selling vehicle, is it's just in that sweet spot of usability, right? It's not expensive, and yet it's got a ton of utility, and yet it's got a ton of character, and you put all that together, and it's a, it's a really cool car. Uh, and I just felt that they should have made it a little quicker. So when, I remember driving it around SoCal thinking to myself, I just want the torque, uh, and this didn't have a lot of torque. Yeah, it was not a fast electric car, no. but very practical. And nowadays they're like, I don't know, what do you think? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to say they're probably like probably 
8 to 12? Yep, that's right. That's exactly in the area. Air-cooled batteries, unfortunately, I don't know how they've held up over time. I'd have to do some more digging into that one. Um, so, uh, so our friend Alex from Alex and Autos, Alex Dykes, he had one leased for a couple of years. So if you look at his YouTube channel, I'm sure he's got some great reviews of it. Uh, if you're serious about buying it and you want a kind of a buyer-style review and not kind of a more enthusiast review, that would be a place I would certainly look. Chav, they did have available fast charging. I don't know if it was standard or if it was available, but there was Chatamo, uh, 81 kilowatt motor, so not, not really that How quick. How big the battery? Uh, 30.5 kilowatt hours or 31.8, depending on the year. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, pretty big. Yeah. All right, number two on our list is the longest range of them all. The of longest all the, range of them all. Of all the ones we're talking about. Longer than the Tesla Model S60. Wow. I'm completely uh, flummoxed. It's a car we've been supposed to be getting for the last month now. Oh, the Bolt. Mm-hmm. Oh, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yes, the Bolt. You know, oh gosh, the Bolt. <sighs> You know, we, we've got a new Corvette sitting just beyond the camera and the mics, and we just did a track review of it, and we were both uh, blown away by just the amount of engineering prowess that Chevy and GM put into that vehicle, right? Yeah. It oh, was yeah. just, you know, it's, it's just got so much cool tech, so much um, just serious engineering, and I felt like when that thing rolled out at the Detroit Auto Show, like they were pulling a... Uh, a fast one on us. I saw that car and I was expecting the car of the future from GM because let's face it, GM has probably got the longest history of electric car development with the EV1, right? Oh, yeah. The, than any other company in the world. And this little, like, boxy electric car comes out and I was like, no, that can't be it. Where's the Jetsons car? Where's the, you know, where's the afterburners? And then it wasn't. It was just an economy car that had a big battery that got 230 miles of range that like had little graphics that drew you know little leaves, I think it was, or something like that, that, that showed you that you were being ecologically sound. It had a kind of funky interior, but in general, the car, um, yeah, why not, why not take on Tesla directly? Why, why go the economy car? Because it was supposed to be affordable. This was like it, but GM's it wasn't attempt. affordable. It was like mid-30s. you seen those things? They were like mid-40s at one point. <laughs> well, now you can get them for much less than that. And so if what, you want, what are the numbers on it? If you want an affordable electric car with 238 miles of range, this is really good. It's a huge battery capacity. 17 through 19s had a 60-kilowatt-hour battery. Pretty quick, 200 horsepower, uh, you know, good range. Not much of a looker. It was monstrously expensive, I think, for them to develop. Because this is another one that I don't think shares too much with other vehicles in their lineup. Uh, it's not just like a spark that they stuck some batteries in. Pricing, they're more expensive. So on like on the low end, maybe fourteen, thirteen, you, you can probably get. Well, there's a ton of them in like the thirteen, fourteen range. So that's kind of where where they live on the low end. But it's pretty fun to drive. You know, more fun than the Leaf. They certainly go a lot further than the Leaf. They're just, yeah, they're they're not much to look at. And I don't think I'd love to race a Bolt versus a Spark EV. I think that'd be really fun. I, you know, I was just thinking about that. I'd love to drag race like all of these together. Just put them on a big uh, airplane strip. You know how Motor Trend used to do their like greatest drag race. This would be really cool. Just put them all and see which one would win. And I, I can tell you the Tesla will win. Yeah. So even the sixty, the Model S sixty was like five and a half seconds. All right, number one on our list is my favorite car. I love this little guy. Yeah, and this was this. Tell me, put this as number one. I would not put this as number one. So I'm just going to do a little, you know, buyer beware here. A little, uh, little caveat to this list. This is Tommy's favorite car. He's fallen in love with it. What is it, Tommy? Drum roll, please. Yes, it is the Sweetie. smart electric because <laughs> it is the most fun you can have for six or seven thousand dollars. <laughs> They are super cheap. The battery tech was 
pretty good for the year. Yeah. The batteries don't degrade. They are really surprisingly quick. You can take pretty much anything on the road. They are just so easy to park. I have more fun driving this car you than can I back do. Back up into a parking space. Yeah, you can. I have more fun driving the Smart EV than I do the new it, Corvette. Look, I gave you. A, I'm, I'm not making fun of the car. It is a cool little car. It's rear wheel drive. Uh, uh, one caveat for all of you guys who are thinking about getting a smart EV, don't get the current generation. It actually has less range for some like mysterious reason why Mercedes engineers decided, you know, Hans, the next generation uh, smart, we will give it less battery and less range while everybody else is giving it more battery and more range. How they came around to that conclusion, I don't know. So you want the, it to be the second generation in the world, the first generation in America because the very first generation didn't come to America. I think 68 miles of range. They what proved, year are those? Yeah, 68 miles of range they proved was too much range. Too much range. Yeah, that's too much, Hans. <laughs> I think I, – I don't know the exact year. I think ours it was – Ours is what? Ours is 2015? Yeah. So I'm, like ours is like one of the later ones, right? So like I'm, 2010 to 2015 is the second gen. You can – Yeah, I think it's 13 was the first year. It's got a glass roof. You can get them as a convertible, a cabriolet. Yes, you can. They're rear-wheel drive. They are incredibly zippy. I just love them. And the batteries are awesome on them, so I, you very rarely see a degradation on the smart electrics. Um, because, A, they don't have any fast charging. They charge very slowly. They do. Uh, how, but many, how, how fast? Like 6? 3.3. Oh, gee, that's It's slow. still level 2, but it's barely level 2. Yeah. You can still – because the battery is only 17.6 kilowatt hours, you can easily charge it overnight. But, yeah, I mean – I think they're underrated. Like some of these cars are overrated. The Leafs, I, you'll never see. Yeah, we, have, we actually tuned ours. We bought a, a, yeah. a box. You will never we see. Give it to us. You will never see seventy-three miles who out makes, of. Who a, makes that tuning box? You remember who the company was? I want to give them a plug since they gave it to us. Steinbauer. Steinbauer. Thank you, Steinbauer, for your uh, tune. And they actually made it quicker. Not a lot. It, it took it from like ten seconds zero to sixty to like nine seconds. Uh, but still, you know, not bad. Uh, I have one caveat, uh, and this is just n- nothing to do with. The engineering, it's just the, the nature of the car. Uh, it's got a very short wheelbase, and so you will feel every bump in the thing. Yeah, it's not, it's not exactly smooth. It doesn't carry a whole lot, but it's big enough for someone who's six foot three. It's, it's incredibly big. I mean, you can move that seat all the way back. Uh, and it's, it's the, definitely the, one of the quirkiest cars ever, not just one of the quirkiest electric cars. So pricing is like six to eight or nine. Maybe five, depending I love, on I love the, the yellow, the Tweety. It's really cool. Yeah, and you see some of these every now and then. So there was like a pilot. I don't know what the deal was. i got to look into it. But there was like a car sharing program called GoCar. Yeah. And they, uh, were, they, they, they like got a bunch of them and yeah. they never used them and, and they're for sale. With like, like no, no miles. miles this one is, I think. They're all white too. 1,400 miles. They're all white. They yeah. all steel wheels as yeah. far as I know. Uh, I, I'd get a higher mileage one that's privately owned because, I don't know, I just like it. But, like, look at this green one. Green and black. It's so cool. $6,900. Uh, they're all low mileage. 28,000 you know, you know miles. the best thing about a smart car is, Tommy? What? We've got a park here in our garage, and we've got a garage space for, like, six vehicles in our studios. Oh, yeah. They fit. You could just – like if you have a place for a lawnmower in your garage, the smart car will just slot in right there. Heated seats were available. Were available, yeah. Yeah, paddle shift regenerative braking was available to yeah. adjust the amount. Yeah, great cars. Love them. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, – so let me ask you. If if you had to pick one of those cars on the list, which one would you buy? I would pick the car I put number one. Ooh, it might be close between – well, I think the Model S is probably the coolest, yeah. but that's also mid twenties. Yeah. That's easily ten grand more than the cheapest car on our list. So I think smart. I really do. I, I love that little guy. Okay, what if you need a back seat? Um, probably the e Golf. Okay, fair enough. I would pick no doubt the uh, i three. I've, I've really 
like like clicked with that car. I just you know when we it's funny because when we first had it and we had a couple of them now, I thought this is the stupidest goofiest car out there. It didn't feel BMW like mainly because the tires and wheels were like pizza cutters, right? So if you look at it from the side, they're really cool. But if you look at them. Like, if you turn them and you see that they're only, like, what, two and a half inches wide, then you're like, this looks silly. And when you turn them, you see all the, like, suspension components. And I thought, this is not proper BMW. I want a car with, like, 22s and, you know, big exhaust. And, and now that I've actually kind of gotten into the mindset of the BMW engineers, I think it's a really cool car. And I think they give it a lot of thought. They put a lot of money into it. I wish they had actually uh, done something a little bit more uh, dramatic in terms of the powertrain with the i8, Right, as opposed to putting just a three-cylinder mini-engine into it and a small battery, I wish they'd actually gone like all electric with the i8 and used some of the tech that they put in the i3 and the i8. It's I like the i3 a lot. Yeah. Uh, range is good. Interior is awesome. It, it's it's a little numb. <laughs> the driving experience is a little numb, and it does this horrible thing where it it's sort of quick. Like the BMW engineers, it's it could, funny. It's quick after like twenty five. It miles could an hour. be much quicker, but BMW purposely did this crazy slow initial throttle thing. Yeah, so if you graph the throttle response, it's like nothing, 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 and then all of a sudden it goes up. Have you tried accelerating hard and accidentally hit like an expansion joint? What happens? Though? It feels like you're going to explode. Really? Like something with the really skinny tires, it goes. It's like alarming. So I, I think I wish they'd put normal wheels and tires on it. I like I like just the openness of the car, right? There's really no like it just feels like you're Tweety's in, open. Tweety has a glass roof. Tweety me and you are like an inch apart when we sit in Tweety because it's so narrow. But they designed it so that the one seat sits further back than the other. Yeah, so, so you, you don't see, you don't like you don't yeah, like yeah, rough shoulders. Yeah, it's a great great design. I love Tweety. Uh anyway, um there is your list of the top ten uh, budget bargain affordable electric cars. Uh, you know which ones we would recommend. Uh, I think uh, this is a great time to be electric car shopping because all these cars have been completely and utterly uh, devalued and uh, depreciated to the point where you know you don't have to go in debt to get one of these, and they won't, for the most part, break because electric motors don't really break. Uh, the battery degradation hasn't been such a big deal. Uh, and so if you're looking for something ultimately reliable, I think you'd be hard-pressed uh, than to get an electric car. I know there are people out there like, you know, there are people out there like Scotty Kilmer, get a Toyota, get a Toyota. It's not that simple, right? And hopefully you guys understand that, you know, we're not just kind of talking through our hats. Um, we're actually doing this from experience. We're buying these cars. We're living with them. Uh, and we're giving you our honest and most uh, I think, informed opinion as opposed to just trying to get clicks to, to, to get you to watch or listen to our podcast. Well, so there you have it. I'll get off. That was a Roman rant, by the way. Check out tflcar.com for the latest and greatest in new and used EV reviews. Yep, and see you guys next time. We'll have another uh, fun list for you. Or uh, what do we get next week, Tommy? Any ideas? I have no idea. We'll figure it out. Well, we've got the Corvette here. It might be a whole Corvette show. All right, see you next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.